and three, two, one, and welcome back to the Process Podcast. Today we have my good friend, OK Coleman, but his real name, Coleman. My boy, how are you doing today, bro? I'm all right, man. I'm chilling. I was just telling you before. Uh, I mean, I'm a student at UCLA, so I just finished the paper. I'm kind of feeling that senioritis and all that, but I'm all right, bro. That's awesome to hear, bro. I mean, bro, just to give a brief description, bro, you know, songwriter, beat maker, like you're all across the board, man. How does it feel to be just in this right now? Are you inspired? What's going on with it? I mean, the world is definitely crazy right now. So in a lot of ways that draws most people inspiration and it does definitely does to me sometimes, but it's also just very draining with everything that's going on. So I feel like not being around people as much, not going out to see galleries, museums, just simple stuff that gave me inspiration. Uh, it definitely, I had to get a different pivot of like find a different source of inspiration. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now is like find what source of inspiration works the best for me. So. You know, it's a. Uh, I'm trying to be inspired continuously, but it's it always takes its own form periodically. Yeah, man, and just just to give a little background, bro, like you know, you got two new songs out by yourself, and then you're also your group, which we'll talk about later, called Relax and Slide, which, to be honest, fire, complete fire, bro. <laughs> it, bro, it one of the songs it just. To literally five seconds in you start you know you start bobbing your head you start giving that you know that hard look like man that thing's going hard right now it's pretty <laughs> I appreciate you. yeah bro and then another song that i loved was uh it's on soundcloud but it's 151 rum which was done by gid but oh, bro bro oh, you tapped into that bro i tapped into that a long time ago bro that that was That's one of hard. bro i'll be honest with you you did it better than him i'm not i'm not gonna lie you were <laughs> <laughs> whoa no disrespect that I, I know you I, yeah. I know i know you connected with a, com- a couple of the dreamville folks last week which we'll talk about that too but no disrespect but bro i'll be honest you went like you went hard on those I two i appreciate that man that's really wild because i feel like i haven't really been on my spazzy rabbit rap, 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 rap stuff like when i first started i definitely did that but i you know and that's also always be a skill set that i have but like I just I feel like it wasn't grabbing people when I was doing it, man. I was like trying to hit them with hard bars, metaphors, stuff that really makes me think. But like, I'll come back to it. You know, I always I'll have that in me. But bro, but, I appreciate you finding that, bro. That's what's up, bro. Like, what what inspired you to do that? Like, when you you know when you were first doing it, like what what why why did you go into that field of like oh like maybe I should start doing songs that other people have done and just give my own spin on it? Well. What's interesting is I had a lot of friends at the time at, at my school that I knew who were getting big off of covers, right? Like they were singers, oh, yeah. like guitarists and stuff like that. And they're getting popular off of like covering random songs by like LMA or whatever. And that's, you feel me, I'm not a singer. And as a rapper, primarily like at that time in terms of my writing style, like I mostly produced. So I didn't even really start writing. Like 150 Rum around that time, if for everybody who hasn't like heard it, you can find it on my SoundCloud at OK Coleman. And it's like pretty early. Like if you go on my SoundCloud, everything before was just beats. Like I just made beats. So I didn't start writing until around that time. So my my first touch at writing, I was just very ambitious and I wanted people to hear stuff. So I seen my friends doing covers and stuff. And I know as an MC is rap, like hip hop as an art, you know, there's always talks about like 
is that something that you can cover? And not really because the whole art of hip hop is being the MC, is being original, is wordplay, stuff like that. So I figure, okay, my form of doing a cover will be like just rapping over the beat, take my own freestyle, doing my own beat, making it a cypher. So I did that. Um, and it got some cool attention like on Twitter. Like it didn't really translate on SoundCloud as much, but on Twitter, it was getting a lot of good play. So that's kind of the reason behind why I did 151 Rum. That and literally the song came out and before I even heard his verse, like one, Jid is one of my favorite rappers for sure. But I remember being in a dining hall at UCLA, bro. I turned on a song and the beat was playing for the first like 30 seconds. I was like, I didn't even listen to his verse. I immediately started writing. I was like, this beat's crazy. Like his, his producer chased the money. I think that's who make that beat. Or it might've been uh, Christo. I think it, was, it might've been Christo. But he made the beat and I was like, this is like extremely crazy. So um I listened to his verse too and then finished mine up. Yeah, that's how it went. Bro, but it went hard. Like I'll be honest, bro. You when when I first heard you do it, I was like, okay, bro, this ain't like this isn't something <laughs> I was just like, he's not messing around. Cause I, you know, every like when we were in high school and like moving into college, like a lot of people were doing it. My like me too, but like, you know. Like, bro, you, you went on another level. Like I was like, there's something, cause you were making beats and you were like, you did a, I think it was Zendaya or something like another, I think it was another song that you were singing over it, like a cover on it. Maybe so it was like, Kehlani or something. Or Kehlani. Yeah, I think it was Kehlani. Oh, it had Zendaya's face. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, bro, I, I've just been astonished by like how much you've grown, bro. Like, and one of the, like, one of the songs that you did with your group, uh, command which like you know we could get into in a little bit but that went up to like a hundred thousand hits man so like it's just crazy like how far you've come and it's like it's yeah. pretty inspiring to see bro within like what it's been what like a two years i think three years that you've been like going at it since you started college mm. yeah a little a little over maybe like three years at this point now because i'm in my fourth year i mean i've been making beats since like the end of high school uh so like, let's see, maybe junior, senior year is when I started producing. I was really trying to figure out the basics of 11th grade. Senior year, I started producing. So my first year in college at UCLA, I just primarily made remixes. That was my whole thing. So I feel like doing the freestyle thing wasn't too foreign because I had loved doing remixes already. I like taking people's stuff and seeing what I'm putting my spin on it. But I didn't start writing until like first year. I just was writing mostly about woke stuff and trying to be super MC. But yeah, I guess you feel me. I've de developed like my style. I definitely have a little bit more of my sound now, whereas before I took inspiration directly from other artists where I was remixing their stuff and freestyling on their stuff. So now it's like, you know, I'm trying to pick, find my own. It's, it's always going to be a constant process too, but I feel like I have a little bit more of my sound. I feel you, bro. So like, you know, you know, going, going directly into it, bro. Like last week, I remember you, you know, you met a couple people uh called the uh, Ari Lennox <laughs> and Earth Gang from Dreamville yeah. and good. bro how how did it feel you know meeting them and also just like you know stuff kind of manifesting on its own in your life with that yeah so I feel like that was really cool um for more context everybody like at UCLA I uh direct the org called Hip Hop Congress and so you can if you know me you know I do a lot I do a lot of random stuff which is a whole nother conversation but within the industry, the realm of music and, and entertainment and stuff like that, 
the main thing I do is like with that org is A&R. So I plan concerts where we invite artists to come do Q and A's and just like on the, aside from performance aspect, they perform aside from me performing, I really like to just provide to the culture of hip hop in general and just you feel me, create spaces in the city on campus, wherever it is for people to come and learn, edutainment, you know, all types of things like that. So I've been wanting to have them, Earth Gang and Ari Linux perform for a minute because I, I love Dreamville. So I wanted something that was Dreamville as, and it went through, they came and performed, you know, and so I got the chance to lead a Q&A with a lot of, a couple other people before. And it was just a really cool experience to have a normal conversation as an up and coming artist who I love Earth Gang and Ari Linux, like I'm actually fans of them. So to actually have a conversation with them and ask them real general questions, like if you listen to Ari Linux, you know there's an insider about her waiting on her garbanzo beans in a song. So I'm asking her questions like, yo, what happened to them damn garbanzo, garbanzo beans? You know what I'm saying? Or just like stuff like that. Or um, asking them about music, me being part of Command and Collective myself, talking to Earth Gang, knowing that like um, they, Olu, for example, like is somebody who does a lot more of his own music. So asking him, how does it feel to be a part of a collaboration and your own artists as well? Asking him how they became part of Dreamville as, as a collective, all types of stuff. Just so, you know, uh, even though we didn't really connect on a music basis, I don't really doubt that that will, that I don't doubt that that will happen soon, but it was really cool to get this foundation going with us at least. Bro, that's cool to hear, man. That that's that's an experience, bro. Like you get to at least meet people that are, you know, someone at, at the peak right now of their career, and it's it's pretty inspiring, bro. Yeah. Like if I was in, bro, if I was in your shoes, I kind of kind of would have, uh, you know, slipped it in there, like, hey, bro, uh, so can we get a collab or something going? But that's, oh, no, no, that's no, a no. that's a no. no I'm, I'm joking. I'm you know joking. You don't know how much I wanted to be like, hey, you feel me? But uh, I did, I did it, it better than your boy JID on that one verse. No, like, I would never say that. Hey, bro. No, I'm joking. Right, I'm joking. I definitely could have played that or something, but you feel me? It was like no, it was they, in front of a couple of people. So no, I, I feel you, bro. No, no, no. It's all, bro. I get it though. It's all like mutual respect, and you, you know, you love you pretty much. You follow them, bro. I love, uh, you know, because my favorite artist is J Cole. So like, I just being exposed to them too, I could kind of get why, you know, you're. And like you're part of command so it's like you have that connection of like being in a group and collabing and uh making that type of music as well so like listening to command uh, commands music you guys remind me of like like earth gang or brockhampton or you like these yeah. groups where it's like it's different styles and then the beat gets changed and it's like it's <laughs> it, it's it's, yeah. it's it's pretty like it's not i'm not saying all over the place in the sense of like it's out of control but in the sense of like it's like a controlled chaos in a sense, if that makes Ooh, sense. Oh, I like that controlled chaos. Yeah, yeah, we like to. Um, one of my favorite words is eclectic. <laughs> I just love that word. So we like to describe ourselves as eclectic, taking a lot of different inspirations and giving it. Like, still, we're like you know, we're not obsessed how a lot of people are with completely carving something completely fresh and new, but at least being able to take inspirations from different things and have people get a new perspective, like see it presented in a different way. So uh, yeah, we all kind of come together and we have different sounds for sure, but we create our own sound when it comes to command. And I think that's what I like about being part of a collective is I get to have multiple identities, stuff that maybe I wouldn't put out on my own, but I could put out through command and vice versa. So yeah. 
just to get into command like directly bro like what exactly like who's in command and what's the foundation of the group itself for sure so i can start with the found the foundation of command is really just this idea that everybody is creative in some type of way like everything that you do you know we put out a magazine actually with the we had a recently just had a official license collaboration with ucla and I wrote a forward that kind of explains what we mean by everybody to creative. This fact that every day that you do, you, you inspire yourself. We're all reflections of everything that we see in the world. So, you know, everything that we do, everything that we say is merely a sum of everything that we've learned before. So, in fact, everything that you say, every action that you do, you're creating something and you should take pride in that. And that should give you some fulfillment knowing that you can create something like even when you get out of bed, stuff like that. <clears throat> so that's the foundation what command is and how we try to promote that message is through six of us coming together and you know you don't have to be have any specific super cut in stone role all the time to to create something cool to call yourself an artist so we have Bami Bami Dele who is on the fashion end he does the designs he styles he does all types of stuff especially with pertaining to clothes you have um KP, Carl Perkins, who's the creative director, but he also does photography, video. You have Sleepy Boy Brian, who makes music. He's a musician, but he also is a graphic designer. You have Young Cat, who's a photographer and heads the content management. You got Seiji Oda, who produces and is an artist. And then you have me, who uh, we, me and Seiji, we take um, most creative direction and executive when it comes to projects. So I'm, I lead the projects. I produce through artistry as well. So the six of us, we all take a lot of different roles. Like I do a lot of creative direction when it comes to visuals and stuff, not just music. So we just come come together and try to promote this idea that okay, like we can you can do random stuff. You feel me? I would have never thought that I could have anything, any input for visuals, but that's what I like to do. I like to come up with creative ideas. Most stuff that hasn't been seen yet, but you know, so that's primarily what we do. We put out sound and design under one umbrella. Just this idea that, we, okay, we're gonna push fashion, but we also push music. We do creative direction services for people too. Like a lot of random stuff, but yeah, that's up. Dude, that's fire, bro. That's, that's amazing to hear, man. And um, so I'm curious, like, can you give us like the background of what it, like the behind the scenes of like writing, like making and writing music by yourself versus like being in a group like what's like what's the perspective on like what the difference is between those two because i i could imagine bro like writing by yourself is one thing but doing it with other people you know like of course like you got you want to make sure you vibe with them and stuff but like what's you know what's the difference between that definitely uh and funny story um they actually didn't notice like <laughs> when when i became part of command like uh command was the conceptualized towards the like end of 2018 was kind of put together beginning mid or uh, beginning of 2019 uh the music component kind of came together with me and Sadie were brought on a team in like March April of 2019 so my first exposure to command was working on the first EP we did it was just command EP came out in May and so that was my first entrance into command you know Sadie kind of was very pretty established already as an artist I was pretty new so Seiji already has hella streams, whatever it may be. Brian has a lot of experience releasing music. 
we still didn't really know the vision of what we wanted command to do. We just knew we did hella stuff. So um, my first intro to Seiji was making a song called The Way. We literally linked up. I went over to his apartment and there was hella people in the room. I didn't know what we're supposed to do. And so I just started making a beat and whatever style it was that we created, you could tell like we we're bringing these aspects of him being from the Bay Area, me being from LA County. And like we made it work on the beat. And I was like, this definitely clicks. Like, but what I wasn't ready for was this environment of making music around other people. That was my literally my first time making songs around other people. And they didn't know that. So everybody's in the room writing. And I'm literally like, what is going? Are we recording today? Like, they're like, what do you mean? We've been just making a song. And it was so foreign to me because all I mostly did, I barely even recorded. I mostly made remixes and I move at my own pace. Like. If people know me, they know I can get pretty anxious sometimes. So I'm really big on rejecting this grind culture. This like, ah, I gotta get it. Like, I'm really big on rejecting that. Like, I, I like to produce something that's authentic to you individually. So if that means taking your time, however many days, seconds, minutes, whatever it takes, do that. So I'll make the beat and then they're trying to record. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, what the heck? Like, that was so foreign to me. So it took a lot of time to even get to a point where I can make write around other people like to do that to do most of the songs on the command ep i actually have to leave the room each time to write a verse so i leave the room sit in the hallway come back and they be like oh what the heck you just came up with that i'm like bro my brain is on a thousand right now because i feel this pressure that i have to get a verse done in like 20 minutes and that's ridiculous to me but you know so still about when i'm by myself it's a lot less pressure but i'm trying to train myself to get done, songs done quicker because like as I've been slowly moving into this world where I'm like, I'm an artist, but I'm also a producer. So I can write lyrics very fast, but when it comes to making the beat and doing all of that, you gotta move a lot quicker to like stay float in the industry. And it's, it's just the reality of it. You know, some things I like and don't like about it. So, yeah. Bro, the, the more you talk about that, the more the uh, Revenge of the Dreamers doc, uh, documentary comes up. I was just like, I don't know if you've seen that, but like, yeah, just you watching those 20 minutes of how, like, what was going on? Like, you know, you got 20 producers in one, you know, in uh -huh. one room and you only got five rooms. So it's like, and they're all small and both pre people are riding here, doing this, doing that, saying, oh, let me hop on this song. So it, I'm yeah. not saying it's, you know, it's always that intensive, but I could imagine that, you know, it's, it's like, if you're not used to it, it's it's all over yeah. the place for you so I, like go ahead no, no no i was just saying like so i get you on the part like you know you have to leave the room and then come back and like have your focus like by yourself so like you know everybody has their own you know process of doing of making music or you know whatever industry you're in but that's crazy though like that you you know you had to make that switch uh and get used to it rather than like be like okay i'm gonna just do me and then uh see what happens rather you were like i'm gonna just hop right into it and do the best that i can with it yeah man like i appreciate that perspective too because like i'm telling you they didn't know until way after because i my whole thing is like i can be flustered but i at least try not to let people know like off top so i didn't tell them for a minute i was like yo hey the way that song was my literally my first time collaborating with other artists like uh like i mean actually i had written with another person once but like the process it, it was way longer so i never had been in a space where i'm expected to make a beat record uh write record on it finish a demo and the 
that just was foreign to me. I'm so new to music, so I didn't even know. So yeah, like it just that's something that continued for a long time. And I I, I love that documentary, uh, the Dreamville documentary, because like it taught me a lot of things. Like from what I've learned about even my little emergence into the industry is that who you learn who you who you like to be around. There's like people work at different paces, producers, hip hop producers that just produce. They're good at cranking stuff out like that. Me as an artist producer, I don't focus on one particular thing. So I feel like it, it's a little bit different for me. Whereas some people, they don't have a curve at all, but I feel like it's a little bit more difficult for me to be super quick. And so when it comes to singers or R&B artists, I've noticed working with them is so much less stress. It's so much more inviting when I get to do my more melodic rap and stuff like that. Cause when we start songs, instead of it just being a beat that plays and a bunch of testosterone dudes being like, all right, yeah, like put a verse and record. Especially when I'm around women, bro, they're like, all right, so talk to me. Like, what is it like? Run me the details of this verse that you're writing about. And I'm like, wow, I feel very comfortable. Like I can write, you know, it's a whole different vibe. And especially working with musicians as opposed to, or musicians who are producers as opposed to strictly beat makers, it's, a different vibe in its own too, like two different personalities. So, I mean, just from those experiences, I've learned like what is the most pressuring for me to be around. And I, I mean, I could, I can be in any area, but like even from the, the documentary, you saw Buddy, that dude is featured on like every song. He went hard though. Broke is broken. You feel me? Broken right. That all he does. And I feel like maybe if I, if, if I wasn't a producer and I was just a writer. I could do something like that because I'm a hook man. You feel me? I could come up with hooks and stuff, but like thinking about, oh, I want to get a beat place. I want to get a verse place. It's a, it's a, it can be a competitive space, especially if you don't have your style down. You feel me? Like not every artist that was on the Dreamville record is, is somebody whose voice can just be on a hook like that. So those people who mostly are writing verses need to have a fire verse because they're going to have a hard time sticking out with J. Cole and Earth Gang and other people like that. You know what I mean? So, so now, now that you mentioned Buddy, bro, the more that, you know, all those memories of me watching him, like all the clips that go off, like it's just coming back to back. There was one song, I think it was like the last one on this. I think it was called like, this has no hook or something. And he like, he just made that hook go and it was like six other uh, people uh, on it, but it, but it caught you. And, yeah. and bro, I didn't know Buddy went that hard. Like I've, I heard of him. Right. But like, Bro, that was just crazy. But it's just crazy that like in those spaces too, like if you're around the right people, you know, you, you, uh, I guess you, you get inspired in a way that's like, you know, in another world, like in a way that's like, it's not harmful to you in the sense of like you, the people around you aren't there to harm you, but it's more along the lines of, it's just like a friendly competition that's going on. A hundred percent, man. Like, and I think, even though it made me very nervous to col collaborate with people and it still does to some extent, but like when I'm around other people, I learn so much more than I do from just going on YouTube or experiencing myself, experimenting, like from going around other people. Uh, I'll never forget my first time collaborating with people as a producer when I first started, like one of my favorite producers name is J-Rob. And uh, if you're familiar with Selection, like that's where you might've heard him a lot, at least at the beginning of his career. And so I was a huge fan of this artist named J-Rob, who's a producer, and um, a couple other people producing named Quickly Quickly. And they probably don't even remember, but they came for this concert, selection concert in like 2016. I had just started making music and my homie from Baltimore, 
came and brought them uh, to my house. And I was like, bro, I don't like, I'm not a, I don't collaborate with people. I don't even know what to do. So I just put my laptop out there and I only knew how to do basics and stuff. So I saw J-Rob, one of my favorite producers sit down. And one of the golden rules I learned was to never make an instrument peak. Like don't peak the volumes because it's going to mess up. It's going to distort. He sat down. First thing he did was crank it all the way up. And I remember being like, what? That's how he gets it punchy like that. Cause he doesn't follow that rule. So it taught me so many things just from being around him for like a couple minutes was like, dang, I didn't know that my mixing and my drums can get more punchy by doing this and this. So like, that's just one example of how collaborating with other people, you learn stuff that you don't do. You don't know on your end, your, your own end because everybody has their style. So you get you absorb a little bit more what you want, what you like, and you reject what you don't like from people when you collaborate th with them. And just to, like, so to back up a little bit, like back to like, I remember how you were saying that, you know, if you're by yourself, like you're good to go. Like even when you're by yourself, you can, you could crank out a song if you want to, or you could make a beat peacefully, like with yourself. Um, can you give a like perspective on that? And like, what's, what's been your favorite moment, like writing by yourself? I guess like the best, time that you were like damn like i'm i'm doing this and it just feels yeah. good like uh, can you yeah give... yeah no 100 like um i think the most of the reason why uh making music by myself seems to be more con seemed to be more conducive for a long time especially this whole last year was because i really needed to find my style my niche my pockets my plural and i can't you don't feel comfortable doing that around other people. Like, you know, I always did melodic rap, but I wanted to try a lot of vocal things and singing and stuff that literally I sound like a crazy man recording if there's other people around me. Like there's literally some stuff I'm recording and you don't hear it outright when I'm when in the mix, you don't hear it outright. But to record it, I have to be like, or do something weird that I'm not gonna do if people are around me, you know? So it really was important to be by myself to try these new things that I didn't know I would like, like that I would feel shy to do. And now I know, okay, one big thing about my sound is I like vocal layers. So I'm gonna be making a lot of weird sounds and attempting to, uh, uh. I don't wanna be around people, other people to do that all the time. But um, now that I know that's what I wanna do, that's how I make my music. It's definitely a lot easier when I get around other people. I could just tell them, all right, I'm about to do some layers. Whereas before I didn't, I don't know what it's gonna sound like before I do it. So I don't want y'all in the room. But um, I think the instance was this summer, I really had hit a low point, man, in my sound. Like I was like, bro, there's nothing special about this. Like, you feel me? Like I was making music that people thought was cool, but I felt like they just thought it was cool because people think music is cool. Like there's, I, I don't think this is something that has it you know so i really took step step back from producing and just listen to hella beats tried to rap on everybody's beats all this stuff and i wrote a song called agave which if you listen to slide it it's like the song i put out slide with relax inside it's snippeted at the end of slide that song was actually oh, that's inspired. what that was that's what yeah. that was Okay, bro. I, I like, like dropping <laughs> eggs. I don't tell people much. You feel me? So I got no, this. I feel you. No, bro. Because I was, I listened to that part. I'm like, what? It, like, because I remember at the end, she's, uh, I, I don't know who it is, but like, she goes yeah. and she says, play it. Can and I'm like, it? Okay. yeah, I'm right. like, wait, what is this? Yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. It's a little Easter egg. You got to okay, stay tuned. Okay. okay. It might, it might, the story might get completed. I'm going to put out a music video for that. And it's going to have a little bit more context. 
too. But essentially, that song, oddly enough, I wrote it in my dorm. There was a live video that Ari Lennox had, and she was like, agave, saying something. I was like, I like that word. So I took it, the word, and made a song based off of the word agave. You feel me? So, uh, and it's a, I didn't make the beat. And it was another weird thing for me because I usually only rapped on beats I made. So I rapped on somebody else's beat, wrote it. And then one day when I was trying to figure out my sound, I listened, I looked through my voice recordings and realized this is my sound. Like, this is it. So I sat down and recorded it and every line made sense to me. Like, I didn't even have it fully written out, but usually I record and I, I don't know. This was the first time I was recording and every line I was like, this matches, this matches the block. This, this is encompassing me being influenced by R&B, jazz and hip hop. Like I'm doing all of it in one. And so it felt really cool to do that because I'm still rapping, but it's melodic and I've got my singing stuff on it. And y'all will hear it later, hopefully in the next month or two. That's definitely gonna be on my first project I release individually. But um, that song felt really good to record. So that was, and I don't think I could have done that if I was around other people because I needed to unleash something. I didn't know I like, that's when I found out I like to do layers and sing on my own stuff because I, I didn't know that. So I had to experiment a lot of stuff and it took being home alone to tap into that. Dude, that's crazy, man. Just like doing that. Okay, th I'm a I'm a little starstruck a little bit just because of the fact that like you gave me that little Easter egg and just no, <laughs> just like I, Bro, because I, I listened to the I listened to both of the songs right when they came out. And then like over the last like couple of weeks, I've been just like getting into it again because I, forget, I can't remember if it's relax or slide that like has that little like like a like a stepping tone where it's like you start going like, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I forgot which one it is, bro. But um, but bro, like that's that's just crazy. So like since you give your you keep making music and you keep doing this like what's what's your goals with this what's like the eventual are you trying to go fully into the music industry like are you trying to get signed like what's the what's the goal with yeah. all the skills that you're developing right now i've been answering this question a lot lately um because clearly it's an important thing that artists would get asked and i would have never thought that for whatever reason but um I think my goal right now is I have long-term goals, but I'm really trying to focus on creating short-term goals that are attainable, like really attainable stuff because success is a lot more inevitable when you set goals that are obviously achievable. So right now, my main goal is just to create a lot of music because like, honestly, I don't create enough music as I should have. So that's my main priority. And when it comes to that, I just want to make sure that the art is there. like. The push, everything behind that is cool, right? But like, if people don't like your stuff, it doesn't matter what push you do. People will ignore you. And I mean, in a lot of cases, it depends on who your audience is. Your music doesn't have to be good. Let's keep it real for some people. But that's not the audience I want to reach. You know what I mean? So I have to be Are a you dissing bit. right now? You dissing? Nah, you know, right. a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But you feel me? Um, that's not the... I feel like I have to be a little bit more meticulous. Like the artists that I like, the audiences that I like, want my music to go to, they really appreciate con like a consistent theme. So even in putting out Relax and Slide, I put it out because I feel like my future stuff isn't really gonna sound too much like that. I wanna display that I'm maturing. So 
I needed to find what's going to unify, relax, and slide. They're kind of different songs. So figuring out how to weave those two in together and then figuring out how I'm going to go from this turnt music to this R&B stuff. And, you know, that's why I kind of ended slide with a little snippet there. And I feel like the visuals is a whole nother aspect that I haven't thought of before. Thinking of visuals, that's a whole nother way to tie in your idea and give people context. So right now, my main priority is making the music. But when it comes to the long-term goals, um, that's always going to change. But I think uh, I'm a little less opposed to getting signed right now, as long as it's something that really works in my favor. Uh, but I don't really know what my favorite is right now. So all I really know is that, no, you know, I just need to build my own brand as myself. Um, you know, I'm definitely going a lot more full into the industry right now. And I think that's why I'm having so many issues with school because it's like, I was literally on this pre-law track, like such a random thing where I could still go to law school. And I know a lot of producers, artists who are actually in law school getting like entertainment and stuff like that and that's always something I could do later but um I don't know it just took a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot for me to really realize okay Coleman like you're gonna you're gonna put your your effort into artistry because you can't have people out here believing in you more than you do and that was kind of an embarrassing thing to me to have people tell me like bro you're gonna be crazy and for me to be like ha, uh -huh, like that's kind of weird so it took me a lot to really get behind myself. And so now I'm definitely at a place where it's like, you know what, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going, I'm definitely putting like my beans in the bucket or whatever the saying is. But in if in the future, I, I find a label that really like connects with my values and I can have creative freedom and I understand everything to the point where I know that it's freedom. I just, that's really one of my main values with it when it comes down to it, then I'm cool. Cause like artistry is definitely my first, I want to make money off of it and I'm going to, but it's like, if the, if I don't put the artistry first, there's no point in why I'm making music in the first place. So the freedom definitely has to be there. That's crazy, bro. That's that, that's good that you have that perspective that you have those small, you know, the small uh, short-term goals to get over. And then eventually, you know, you'll get to those long-term goals in whatever fashion that it'll come. Yeah. And, and it could be, it could be you getting signed or you doing, you know, uh, you know, you doing like the, the law stuff that you were talking about. It could be a whole different thing, bro. Maybe command becomes a new dream though. You don't know, like you, you don't know what happens. That controlled chaos becomes, you know, a peaceful chaos oh, that yeah. every, I really like that. Thanks bro. Uh, but bro, <laughs> like one, one of the things that I was like, we talked about earlier, but what, what did it feel like hit like so one of the songs that you and command put out some light how did it feel like you know to go like your song kind of getting a little traction to around like a hundred thousand hits like how did that feel man it's not even huge like that but when i tell you i definitely needed a little nudge because it felt like all right everybody's telling me i have talent and it's not translating like you know i had to realize people's claims are different like for me in command we're definitely people who are very community oriented we're in every space we're in so if you go to ucla a lot of people know us but then we don't have hella followers or anything so it's a very weird thing to know like okay in the communities that we're part of people know us but like it's it, it translates differently that's why i really value the in-person experience being able to perform and stuff because like 
that's where I could really shine and stuff like that. I don't have a huge social media presence, um, or even on like so on like music platforms. Like it's the performance aspect. So I think something like getting a little traction was a good nudge in the right direction. That okay, people are listening, Coleman. Like I thought, you feel me? It feels like people aren't listening sometimes, especially when you first starting out and you're releasing a bunch of stuff. So that was really cool. Uh, to see random people making TikToks to it, just skateboarding and like doing the like, like to see it popping on TikTok was like, what? That was really wild how that works. And then, yeah. And I also felt like people pick up what they feel is most authentic. For some people, like you don't get to choose what gets big and it might frustrate you having to sing this song forever because that's the one that people wanted to make popular. But I'm glad at least that out of command, something like, was the one because it showcases one all three of the people who make music in command me seiji and uh brian and then it has all of our sounds it literally has a beat switch in there so that was just our best way of like accommodating for all of our different sounds so it felt very encouraging to see people run with that one but it was pretty sick bro that i like the beat switch i like that you know it was like two different sounds like coming into one and then it was kind of like again i know i keep referring back to dreamville but it was like that type <laughs> of feel where there was one of the songs where bro this is what this was like a year ago that i listened to all of the tracks like back to back to back all the yeah. time but there was like one song that he like did the same type of thing but i was like uh, see like i love that it's slowly doing it you know it's like the short-term stuff that you're doing now later on somewhat like picks up in the work that you're already doing. So like that hard work kind of does pay off. I know it's, you know, it's cliche to say, but it's, I mean, you, bro, it's right in front of you, you know, like everybody can go see, like it's, it's happening. It's like slowly happening and it's your process. That's a part of it. 100%. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, bro. And uh, one thing that I was curious, just cause like behind the scenes, like I, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm a rapper. This is, I'm not saying that, but like the time that I did take in, like I was somewhat like songwriting by myself. It, it could be a daunting process sometimes in the sense of like, you know, bro, like you, you know, you get writer's block you, or like, there's like a day you bump out a verse and it's just like in the vault and you're just like, bro, like that, that's a banger. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to keep that one, you know, I'm, but you know, there's different modes in being creative in music. So whenever that happens, and since you're all across the board, you know, you're making beats, you're making melodies, you're rapping, you're doing it all. Um, what does it feel? What's that like in that writing process? What is that like for you? And like, what have you gone through recently uh, when you're writing your songs? Man, it's very frustrating because if I had a very specific, succinct sound, especially something more mainstream, it would be really easy to make a beat because I know what beat I'm a rap on and rap on that beat that like, it would be super easy to do but I don't so <laughs> to be somebody who both produces writes records rap I sings every now and then it it feels daunting for me because I hit these blocks very frequently like you feel me I get inspired by the life around me the world around me so like if something happens heavy in my life, it's gonna reflect on my music, whether that means I'm inspired to write a lot or it kills my whole vibe and I'm not writing. Like, I feel that when in my music. So that's why I really liked recording that song 
agave, like I said, because I felt like it was born out of a huge writer's block, like a month, a couple months of me went through a breakup, moving, bunch of beef with friends, like family stuff, just stuff that was not making my brain creative. And so I really sat down one day and cranked out like two songs and then another song the next day and another song the next day. It just felt super rewarding. So, but I mean, it's a lot of come ups and come downs. Um, and yeah, my flow with music definitely reflects my mental, my mental state and, you know, just how my mental health is. And it constantly is up one day and down one day. So that's the most frustrating thing about it is that I can be really productive sometimes and then have nothing in, in me in the tank the next week. But I got to accommodate, you know? Like making music itself, like, has it become just a part of you in the sense of like, like you can't go two to three days without doing it? Or is it something that you're able to let go for a little while and then come back to or like what's the vibe on uh you know because because you're a part of school too right now so i know that you know yeah it's it's hard like being a full-time student and then doing all of this on the side as well so what what exactly is that uh, is that like for you i feel like it's more of the second where i know how to i know that when to give space to make something better and i feel like gripping it on the neck like if i if i don't have a lot of time with music and i'm forcing something out, it's it's not gonna produce anything good. So a lot of, sometimes it's best to sit back a little bit, um, write out whatever's happening and come back with new inspiration. And so I learned this from somebody, but every situation you go through make, can make for a good song. And it's terrible, but I've been in some crazy situations, very unfortunate situations where I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm about to write some something heavy to this, like, oh, wow. So, I mean, I just like to, it's about perspective, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, if I could spend more time making music, I definitely would. But um, I at least, I try I try to do something musical every day. So I don't always get to make a beat, like I said. I don't always get to record, but at least if I'm, if I'm not making a beat, I'm writing something. Like, even if I'm not writing lyrics, I journal my dreams a lot. That's actually something that inspires a lot of my recent music, so... If I'm not doing that, I'm journaling a dream. If I'm not journaling a dream, I'm at least going over something that I need to record so that I remember it. Because you feel me? I, I got to remember my songs for when I perform, stuff like that. So I try to do something regarding my music every day. Uh, even if I don't get to create from new something, I try to do something musical. That's crazy, bro. And just to just to get uh, make a little spin from that, like what what's your what are your dream collabs that you want to do that uh you know in the future you want to just you know you know that artist and you you got some sort of connection that you're just like man if i'm in the same room i could bust out a great song with them but also that experience too is just like i could build a great relationship with them too man okay um and it's interesting because not everybody that i want to have dream collabs with i've really thought about how we would make a song not necessarily everybody, but my favorite artist is Kendrick Lamar. So like, he's on the list. Erica Badu is another person that's on the list. Um, who I really need to make something with uh, Soundwave who produces most stuff for, for TDE. Uh, I really need to make something with um, who, like a musicians, especially there's a lot of musicians that I really want to make sure to make something with like Kamasi Washington or um, 
Quest Love, people like that. And those are people who, if I get in the room with, have a conversation with, I know we could figure out uh, like a path or something, something cool to go. You feel me? So those are those only a sample of people. There's a lot of people, like most people who were involved in Dreamville, I feel like I could really make some fire with for sure. Uh, so in addition to them, the, yeah, there's, I have a I have a list somewhere with just a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, we would make some fire, but that's what I could think of. So since you, I mean, since you always make fire beats, what is that process like too, bro? What What is that like? Cause I know, bro, I know that a lot of people, they hear about it. Like, oh, you're making a beat or you're, you're writing a song. And it's just like this, everybody has this like YouTube video type of thing where it's just like, it's just showing you writing or it's just showing you like automatically doing it. But what, um, like, let's just say like the beat uh, making side of it, what, how do you start your process with that? And what does that consist of? So my beat making is usually inspired by sounds that I hear, obviously. So I could be chilling, washing dishes and my mom is like, drop something and she's like, dang it. So I think in my head, I'm like, that's gonna, you know? And then I'm, I'm kind of, a lot of times that's really how my beats form. Like I might be driving and hear a bird and then I think about a super high tone and then I'm like, I gotta go on the keyboard and hit a and make something out of that. Like, I don't know, my creative process is just not very uniform. And then a lot of times I might hear a song that I think is hard and I'm like, I need something with that vibe. And not every beat I make with the intention of me. So like some beats I make, they're very house. Some are, like I make a lot of beats that I could never hear myself on. And that's that's how I kind of realized, okay, I guess I'm, I'm also a producer uh, in, in addition to an artist, not just an artist that produces for myself because I have hella beats in my vault that it's like, I could never hear myself on this, but like, you know, so some, uh, I think what helps me start my beats off the most is being with my keyboard, since I'm a keyboardist, um, and drums. Like I'm a drummer first. So like, if I can lay some drums down, then usually the beat can go a lot quicker. But um, I think just, it's it's the same with like flossing or just, routines like working out it's like you do it if you take a break the first couple of days back to it it's gonna be a little rough but after you do it for a couple of days it's like natural routine so that's just my main thing is like man I suck at staying in routines and uh hopefully that doesn't be the downfall of me but like if I when once I get a routine the process is pretty swift and easy I feel you bro and it's you know, like I've, I've seen people behind the scenes and also just like on, you know, on videos, just doing it. Mm. And that bro, that part of it, it's pretty like, it's one of those processes that like, it can't just be, it's not a nine to five type of thing. It's like one of those, like it could happen at 3am or it could happen at, you know, 12 in the afternoon. That it's, exactly. Like, I mean, two exactly. in the afternoon, but yeah. Cause like, bro, there were times that, you know, you get an idea and it's like, you're about to go to sleep and then it just happens. And you're like, bro, if I don't write it down or make a note of that beat sound or like how it was going, bro, a note. bro, it, it, and it bro. And it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't do it, you know, if you don't write it down, it just goes away. Like it won't that, that same, that same uh, experience that you had in your head or like that sound you, uh, you listen to it wouldn't be the same thing if you don't like write it down somewhere or if you don't, you know, get on it right then and there. 
Exactly. And I've had experiences where I actually record something. I'm so tired. I record a voice. Note, and then I wake up in the morning, listen to it. I'm like, oh, what the heck was this? I don't even know what I was trying to do. So like, that's the worst case scenario. But um, I agree. Uh, I try to like, I pay attention to signs now, like that I get from the universe and whatever around me. So like, if I am super tired and I get inspiration, I'm like, dang, I have to make it. I have to like, because this is a song. I haven't been creative in a couple of days. And for whatever reason, it decided to come at 1 a.m. But I got to trust it. So I'll go ahead and make something, even though I'm tired. Yeah. Bro, what's that? What's that one song that always hits your soul? Like you, you always, you know, you could, you like for me, it's like Love Yours, like by J. Cole. Anytime I hear that, like when I hear those, uh the piano go off i'm j- i already know what's happening bro like my mind hits it like is there anything like that for you that inspires you you know whenever you're in a rut or just in general bro something that hits your soul and your mind for me honestly that song uh uh it's a song called no name by no name <laughs> if you know the rapper no name the artist um she has a song called no name uh with adam ness i think and this i think it's produced by yeehaw or something something like that but that song for whatever reason is like literally feels like heaven to me and so that song resets me my my creative my creativity for sure um yeah damn bro i i need to listen to that song i haven't i've listened to a couple songs of her but um that just by you describing it, I feel like I feel like it would be one of those uh, in the in the feels type of thing. It it's like uh, it makes me feel like somebody like I'm about to go to heaven. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of eerie, but um, it's a really like bright light feeling song. And I used to skip that song. I'm not gonna cap like I I skipped it. <laughs> and then one day it came on. I was outside and I was like looking up at the sky like oh my god this is beautiful so no, that's that's beautiful bro and just back to like how you mentioned no name bro like earlier i think it was last year like when like you know there was some controversy like i think she was like calling out like some rap leaders and like that type of stuff like do you like to just to get a little bit into that like what's your what was your feeling on like artists speaking out on um issues that are going on and do you think do you think that's important and also at the same time what should artists do if they're you know big or small like what should they do if they do have that type of feeling about something to speak out on i think it's extremely important but i don't think it's like you know it's like i don't think it's uh, something that is innately required of you as an artist but it's like, we artists are not people that are planted to generate capital and for the industry. So to expect some somebody to shut up and just do like they're not citizens is very foolish to me. So I mean, people are gonna speak out. You follow the artists for their beliefs, anyways. Like everything that they rap about or talk about in their music comes from them. So when artists speak out about something and people get surprised, it's like, you feel me? <laughs> you. You, even if their view was out wild it's like you well, I don't know why you expect it I don't know how you didn't know that that's what they believe if you listen to their music like I don't know so 
I think like uh, it depends what alley you're in of music. If you're a super pop artist, I feel like you, you know, very mainstream, you might not have as huge of a implied role to comment on certain stuff, but also it's just, I feel like it's crucial for non-black artists who are in hip hop to like involve themselves in some, in a comfortable way in these manners because you are making money off of a black art form that people are disenfranchised, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. So I feel like there's definitely some obligations of people. Um, I don't think the obligation is in, is innate. I'm definitely somebody who uh, speaks out on stuff, but there's also different ways to do it. You feel me? You don't have to do it in your music. You don't have to do it on Twitter sounding like an idiot. Uh, you don't have to school people on Twitter, waste that energy. You know, you can create foundations. You can do what you do at your hometown. Like there's a lot of ways to do stuff. And I feel like it's definitely necessary. Uh, but some people just emerge into the industry and they don't want to do that type of stuff. And they never plan to, and that's not how they came up. So it's like, I don't think we necessarily need to dwell on getting mad at everybody for not participating. But I do think there is also fine line and overlap of people who benefit off of a culture and don't care to get anything like don't care to benefit the culture back in any way like I do think that's a big issue and do you think like and just to piggyback off of that a little bit do you think that um not the music labels itself but people who are in that same art form that aren't uh aren't like let's say uh black and they're, but they're still trying to get into that art form or other art forms that originated from different cultures. Do you think, do you think if they're, you know, like, do you think in that sense, like if they're talking about a certain subject, you know, if it's controversial or not, if it's just a joke, whatever it may be, like, uh, do you think like artists themselves should be criticizing others in the sense of like, you know, oh, you're, you're not a part of this culture, so you shouldn't be talking about it. Like, do you think that type of cancel culture type of thing should be happening? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like we yeah. saw a lot of that, like this year and last year, like just people getting yeah. canceled because just staying their opinions that aren't even far-fetched. It's just like people are getting mad yeah. all over the place. I mean, I feel like people do what they want to do. So it's like, what I don't like about cancel culture is that it's called cancel culture and that it's assumed that it's a culture because I really don't think it's a culture it's people who have an opinion like somebody said an opinion they don't like the opinion and for whatever reason we're giving this group the power to cancel it when it didn't it didn't have that assumed power before so you know what I'm saying I feel like a lot of people will be like oh this cancel culture I got canceled like okay for sure if that's the power you want to give to those people like I feel like there's definitely dumb stuff that people say that need to be handled and it or do that need to be handled in a lot of different ways. Um, but art is like art as a out of it is, was born out of perspective and interpretation. So I think everything that has to do with liberation for people or whatever it is has to do with acknowledgement first. Like if you if you're if somebody is ever is if somebody listening is versed on critical race theory or follows people like Paulo Freire who wrote Pedagogy of the Press, then you know that like tearing down oppressive systems comes with first acknowledging what's in state. So like if you're an artist who doesn't know about something, you don't talk about it. Like that's how I feel. You don't have to talk about something you don't know and then expect people to not get mad at you. So that's kind of what frustrates me is people are getting canceled 
And it's like, yeah, you didn't say that that was far-fetched, but then you go back and I have to say, sorry, I didn't know much about what I was talking about. Then why are we talking about it? Because you wouldn't make a country song because you don't want to make country. So why are you talking about a topic that you don't know nothing about? Especially when you have a platform like that. And I think that sometimes cancel culture is an important thing because people need to understand like, um, like even I don't like with Bobby Smurda being released recently out of prison, he spoke on an interview and said that his breaking point was when in like 2016, he got a letter from a six-year-old girl in jail, like fan mail. And that broke him because that was his first time that he realized how big his platform was and the influence that he had. By no means does that mean you need to live as a role model for people. Definitely not. But the fact that he didn't know that people were looking towards him was kind of wild to me. And so that's my whole thing is like, if you're somebody with a huge platform, humongous, and you speak about something you don't know about, people are coming to you for knowledge a lot of times. So you're steering people literally in the wrong direction, bro. Like, don't do that then. I just feel like it's very easily avoidable and it makes sense for people to get handled that way. But um, I think people, it also depends on how you bounce back from certain situations. If you say something dumb and you don't handle it the proper way, you don't, you, you don't need to put out a statement like a press but if you don't handle it the right way, learn what you need to do and own up to what you got to do, then yeah, you'll probably be canceled. But otherwise, it's like, I just feel like don't speak about stuff you don't know about. And if you don't know about something that you feel like you should, at least acknowledge that. At least post something like, dang, I need to get more well-versed in this. Like, don't put it in your music. If It's just very simple. Don't talk about stuff you don't know about. So I feel like cancel culture isn't terrible because it's like, yes, art is a is a place where you can do a lot of things that are up for interpretation. Do that in your art then, because you are also a person. And so posting stuff on Twitter, that's wild. That's not, that doesn't align with artistry being, it's it's you saying stuff with the actual platform. So I, I do feel, I feel a lot of where everybody comes from. Like some situations is like, all right, like chill. Like that was not wild at all. But then there is some stuff where it's like, all right, man, like, this wasn't like cancelable, but it still is a moment that you should still own up to that maybe shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I, sorry, just to clarify, when I said cancel culture, I mean, in the sense of like, like lately what's been happening is, is like, if someone differs in opinion from you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it get, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, oh, yeah. I'm not even talking about like, uh, like something like, you know, Trump just says out of his ass, just to like, get controversy i'm not talking about that i'm not i'm not talking about i'm just saying like someone has a difference of opinion with you about a certain situation and all of a sudden like that one percent of whatever bro if it's the left right whatever bro it could be whatever side but it's like if they get if it's like they'll get their way if they uh whine about it too much and i'm not talking about like oh, yeah. actual problems i'm just talking about like if someone says something stupid on twitter and it like goes off, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a, you know, they can't be in this, they can't be in that. Why are, why are you still giving them a platform? It's like, bro, like everybody's a person, like everybody's still growing, yeah. like nobody's perfect. That That's what I meant by uh, mm -hmm. cancel culture. Like the culture that goes and says like, man, uh, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't really like cool to say, you know, that's one thing that's like, you're acknowledging and you're doing it in like a professional and a human way, bro. But there's, like there's that other side where it's like 
bro, if you say something wrong, like you have to be walking on eggshells. That's the, the that was the part that I was talking about. Yeah, but my thing is the reason why I honestly don't have too big of a problem with that is because if that's your audience, that's your audience, man. Like that's your audience. Like I don't know what to say about it. Like some people have an audience where NBA young boy will say wild stuff and people don't say nothing about it because that's mm-hmm. his audience. Whereas if NBA young boy had the same audience as a, as an artist, like no name people who are a lot more quote woke, it's not going to be taken well because that's not the right audience. So it's like, pay attention to who your audience is, the people who buy your stuff, because like, you know what I'm saying? That's who's going to hold most weight. If you like artistry is one thing, but it's a career for a lot of people. And y'all got to also understand that you need to not play with your career and expect it to just go over well every time. You don't just walk into your office space and say something wild to your boss and expect them to just, you know, everybody in the office is just understand. Like, you know, like, so I feel like people definitely see the music as an industry as like a lot more of a casual thing, but it's business still. Like business is still conducted. So I feel like people forget that a lot of times and think just like, oh, why did what they say hold, it didn't have to hold that much weight. And it's like, man, it's still a business the same way that if you say something wild at your corporate job and PR has to come on your behind, it's a very similar thing as we see. So like, I, I yeah, I, I, I see you though. Like I definitely see it's like, all right, some stuff isn't that serious and some stuff is very annoying to see, but um, I do think there's so much things is very avoidable that we have been seeing in the last couple of years with artists saying stuff that was stupid or getting canceled or like maybe just voicing their opinions on stuff. Some things is like, all right, man, like that was avoidable. And other stuff is like, what? They didn't even do anything. Like relax, (laughs) relax, chill. And I just feel like another thing is, as you have seen from people on Twitter, overwhelmingly hate Trump or uh, at least the people who we mostly follow. And then Trump got elected. So it's like, everybody has so many different opinions. So, not everybody voices him so that's just a whole another thing to think about is like just because a crowd is coming at you on twitter that don't mean that like there's an overwhelming majority of people who disagree that just means that's who's talking so i think that's another way to think about stuff is like if people disagree with you that doesn't mean you're wrong that's a fair way of looking at it bro and so hey bro i i know we kind of got off topic a little bit of like from but I appreciate you coming on, bro. Like this, this was, I hope to have you on and maybe next time, maybe a freestyle, maybe something. We'll, we'll see hey, like hey, what, yeah. what, you know, in a couple months when everything's like back in person, but uh, I appreciate you coming on, bro. And, you know, just, I'm honored for you uh, being my DS this week. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching the podcast clip. Catch new podcast episodes by hitting the link in the description and subscribing to the channel. For other platforms, go to the podcast website link below as well. Subscribe to my channel for new content and have a great day, folks.